Welcome to the PlayStation Power Hour podcast. My name is Tyler, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jason. Hey, guys. So, Jason, this is episode one. It is. Correct. I'm sure all of our listeners are wondering why we wanted to start a PlayStation podcast. And I'm actually the one that approached you about it. Right. Yeah, that was that was a fun conversation. I've I've been wanting to do a podcast for probably two years now. I've been listening to podcasts for about five and gaming podcast was the first genre that I started listening to. And the more and more I listened to it, the more and more I was like, well, I feel like I have input I would like to give on some of these topics. And there's not any good way to really get that out unless it was some type of blog or, and I did not want to sit down and write. <laughs> um, so podcasts themselves seemed like a much easier um, thing to do. So it kind of started from there, and I've I've attempted multiple times and kind of given up, but this time we're gonna do it. So you can't uh, you can't run away from me. You're trapped now. <laughs> That's um, right. Yep. Contracted <laughs> in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so as far as podcasts go, I mean, how long have you been listening to podcasts? Is that something newer for you? Or oh yeah, no, it's most definitely a newer experience for me. Um, I I watch a lot of streams, and I I watch a lot of like like people talking i guess uh but I, I haven't really listened to podcasts for a while as something to do in like a downtime uh, situation or um and to relax with I, I i have a lot of music that i listen to and i have a lot of other like videos and stuff that i'd watch but podcasting wasn't ever something that was really on my radar until you approached me about it um, and then looking through it it's it's nice there's a lot of stuff that you can learn i think from podcasts there's so many different genres and i mean i've I've really widened my scope as far as far as what I listen to now. Um, like I said, initially I started listening to just gaming, and then it turned into um, now I even listen to narratives that are told completely through podcast, um, which are really cool. Um, if there's there's one, if you're into zombies, you should check it out. It's called We're Alive, and uh, they do it season based, and it's like a zombie based drama, and it's really cool, really high production value. Hell yeah, but uh, who's not into zombies? I mean, honestly, everyone... I don't know, man. I feel like everyone I talk to now, they're like, oh, zombies are played out, they're not cool anymore, and I'm like, nah. Right, well, like, they might be a little oversaturated because everybody has a zombie story, but there's a reason everybody has a zombie story. They're zombies. (laughs) See, what I think, and this isn't a zombie podcast, but I think the reason why zombies work so well, and it's just a post-apocalyptic thing, is that if you tell a good story, your listeners or your readers or watchers or whatever, they're going to be connected to the characters and like the people that the zombies and the apocalypse is affecting. Right, yeah. It's, it's a whole like, what would I do if I was in that situation kind of thing? And then they want to all kind of play the hero. Yeah, and yeah, and that's where We're Alive really kicks off. So like, I would definitely check out that one. Um, and just look up audio dramas. So that was that was one that I got into that I did not expect to ever... I just never thought that was even a thing, right? Right, right. So, and apparently, like, this was an old radio thing. People actually used to do this at the radio um, a long time ago. Oh, well, I mean, talk shows have been around forever, and, and podcasting kind of seems more or less about the same as a talk show, where you're just you're getting uh, thoughts and ideas and, and collaborations with other people on specific topics and, and all that through just talking to each other um, and then put it, broadcasting that out to whoever else wants to listen to it. And so, I mean, that... 
That's been awesome. That's like the H.G. Wells, when they read the book, uh, War of the Worlds, for the first time, they read it over the radio, and um, thought it was a real thing, like it was an actual news broadcast. Because, that, I mean, that's just like the early days of, of that, that kind of like audio listening um, and mass broadcast of something to people. So with the applications and everything that you can do with podcasting, that like seeing that now and then seeing like what all people have done with it really opened my eyes to like what you can do with it because I at first I really just thought it was people sitting around talking about something for an hour or so um and then all the different um views and inputs and ideas and and ways that the you know little podcasting path might wind uh it's really crazy to think about I think the leverage that podcast um have is that once you kind of get to the point where you really understand the person that's talking you get a really unique viewpoint whatever they're talking about um so that's that's something that i've really really enjoyed oh for sure absolutely um but yeah so this is not a podcast show about podcasts so we're going to talk about some playstation stuff (laughs) so right into the meat of it um playstation power hour after all i guess that kind of sums up our interest at least. I think I'm a much more, from what I'm gathering, veteran podcast listener. You're a bit newer, so that's kind of cool. We've got some back and forth on that. Um, so cool, cool. Yeah, you're a little you're a little seasoned, yeah. I would say that. Um, so one thing I do want to do with these episodes is I kind of at the beginning want to let our listeners know what we're going to go over in that episode. Um, in our titles, I'll try to call it the big topic in our titles, but for the most part, We'll probably probably hit two to three topics per episode, um, and you know, me and you have talked about when there's like something big that happens, like a big game comes out, or when the when the PlayStation Five releases later this year. We might do an episode that will be an interstitial where it's just going to be that episode, and it might be longer than an hour. Um, it might be two hours, it might be two and a half hours, just whatever long, however long it takes for us to be able to get um, everything out that we want to talk about. Um. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Those deep dive episodes we yeah. were talking about, or we can we can really like dig in and get our thoughts and impressions, and then you know they might not always be the same, but you know that gives you conflicting opinions isn't always a bad thing. Oh yeah, not at all. I mean, I hope we do conflict because that makes good conversation. Yes. Um. So, you know, we talked before the show previously, kind of about what we wanted to our first topic to be. Um, and initially we had said that we were going to talk about just our favorite PlayStation game slash games. You know, that's, that's a hard one. Um, right. Yeah, it is hard. It, I've been playing video games since I was like four. You know, it's also anytime someone says name your top five games of all time, that is like really difficult because depending on where you were in life, you know, when you played the game, if you played it at launch, if you played it a year later, like all that thing, all those things come into account. And one of the things I've noticed as I've gotten older is that I get a lot more out of games now because I pick out or I catch a lot of the things I wouldn't have caught when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At 10, 11 and 12 games are, are almost time wasters. I mean, you, it's something for your mind to, to you know focus on for a little bit while time passes before, you know, you got to go to bed and get up for school the next day. Or if it's like a Saturday, if you're, you're not doing sports, it's something that, that drags the day on. Yeah. And so like for me, that's made gaming a lot more interesting because I feel like I get a lot more out of it now. Um, but because of that, that makes it really hard to 
to just rattle off, you know, my top five favorite games. Um, so I figured what we could do, and we talked about it, was that we could just talk about kind of our history with PlayStation, where it started, um, and yeah, kind of sure. take it from there. So what was your first PlayStation console? Uh, the PlayStation 1, way back. I had the game that I got for it was uh, a Bandai Namco Museum game. Um, and it had basically huh. like 10 or 12 uh, arcade arcade games on a disc, on a PlayStation 1 disc. And you got to pick one to play. And it had, you know, Pac-Man, Mrs. Pac-Man. Uh, there was a racing game. And, but the, the game that was on that that stood out the most to me was Galaga because Galaga was on it. Um, everyone knows Galaga. If you don't know Galaga, you need to play Galaga. Um, but I was able to play Galaga a lot with my dad because my dad used to play Galaga when he was in college on arcade cabinet. Um, so starting, uh, yeah, four, four or five years old, getting through like maybe the first three levels and the third level is a challenge stage. So, I mean, if you lose there, you might as well just stop playing. But, uh, and then he, I'd give him the sticks and he'd get to like level 10 or 11 <laughs> and it just blew my mind. Yeah. See, so that's interesting. So my, and I, and I, my Galaga kind of background was we had a old steakhouse like was a couple miles away from where I grew up at and they used to have a big Galaga arcade unit and every time we'd go to dinner there I would just I would just be glued to it right I would beg my mom for quarters to sit there and let me play it over and over again oh yeah oh yeah um but so I actually didn't have a PlayStation 1 my but I did play the PlayStation 1, so my cousins at the time lived across the street from me. Um, one was the same age as me, one was a few years older, and he had gotten a PlayStation. So I would go, because they were directly across the street, so I would go over there and, and we would play, and see, my parents didn't buy me a PlayStation 1, they bought me the Nintendo 64, and then I got an original Xbox. So I didn't get a PlayStation until the PlayStation 2. But... Ah, see... So my parents got divorced when I was young, but not like super young. Um, but at my mom's house, she got the Nintendo and my dad bought the PlayStation. So that's, I had best of both worlds, I guess. <laughs> so one of my favorite games that I remember playing, and, and the cool thing was that I did get to go over there enough to where I actually do have, you know, some emotional attachment to some of the PlayStation 1 games, even though I didn't really get to play, you know, I never got to play Final Fantasy 7 until I was actually much older. And that is one of those games that, you know, I think if you played it in that time frame, you have a very different view of that game than if the first time you played it was like in 2016. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, at the time that was a huge graphic jump, you know, and, and looking back now, we've got way better graphics and it's much harder, I think, to put yourself in that position um, and not look at those things. But I think if you played that game when it came out originally or, you know, maybe in the first few years, you have a, a much different viewpoint. Um, but for me, the two games that stick out mm -hmm. for me on PlayStation 1 was Medieval. Oh, yeah. Who recently got a uh, remaster for PS4. If you haven't played it, you definitely should. Um, I actually own it. Probably let you borrow it. It's, uh, it's one of those games that, you know, it's kind of embodies what PlayStation 1 was. A lot of collect-a-thons, you know, and then just fun gameplay. So, like, for me, it was Medieval and it was Spire of the Dragon. That was it. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I have a I have a good history with Spyro as well. The first like, actual Sony titles, or or did I guess back then, um, was Spyro the Dragon, and then like the following year I got Spyro Year of the Dragon, which was the third one, and I played the crap out of those when we weren't just playing like Galaga or uh, any other little things that we ran from Video Warehouse back in the day. But Spyro, I even I got I have so much Spyro stuff. <laughs> yeah, so so I played that for a while, but I never actually got my parents to get me a PlayStation One. So. Like I said, our first console was a PS2, and man, did it hit like just the most right time for me. So, started playing PS2. My favorite game on PS2 was, <laughs> are you ready? Dragon Ball Z Budokai. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, which Budokai one? Yeah, Budokai one. Um, okay. So my parents didn't buy us a memory card at the time. So <laughs> yeah, because they didn't card. know. <laughs> you know, I, I came from the. The Nintendo, the Nintendo 64 didn't have to have one. And if it did, it came in the box with the game. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then, so, and I had a, and I, and I had an original Xbox at the time. Right. And that also had an internal hard drive. Exactly. So I didn't know what it was like to need a memory card. So we got Budokai and my parents did not buy me a lot of video games growing up. So, you know, I would get the handful and then it would be months before I'd ever see another. Oh, it would be like Christmases. It'd be like, yeah, you get three or four on Christmas and then like you might get one on your birthday and then you got to wait for Christmas again to get those three or four more games. Yeah. And you know, because of that, I miss so many good games, like just so many games that I'm jealous of the way people will talk about now that I completely missed out on because, you know, I just didn't get that many games when I was growing up. So, um, but Budokai was huge for me. So I was really into Dragon Ball Z at the time. You know, it was still it was still running, right? It was still new episodes coming. Yeah, out. it was still in the air. Yeah, absolutely. It was weird. So that was like right after Cell Saga. Yeah. So I remember playing that game nonstop, and because I didn't have a memory card, I could never save it. So I would leave the PlayStation turned on. I'm sure all of us remember that. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Yeah. Um, and you would just <laughs> hope to God that the the power like, didn't go it didn't out burn up or at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or your mom didn't come in and turn it off. Um, I'm like, why? Are, yep. Yeah. But around that time, when did Budokai come out? I think it was 2003. My brother would have been a couple years old. And he came in one day. I'd been playing. And I'd played. 2002. Like, okay, yeah. So I had been playing. I'd gotten through the Cell Saga, which if I remember correctly, I think that's as far as it went. I'd almost finished the Cell Saga and I'd left it on pause for the next day and I went to sleep. And the PlayStation actually stayed in his room. And I came back the next day, and it was turned off, Oh no! and oh, here it comes. the game save was gone. So what had happened was he had gotten down, he had, like, ejected the disc. No. And this is the worst part, right? Mm-hmm. So not only did he did I lose my game progress, but this is right around the time that he was teething. So he actually took my Budokai disc and chewed it uh, okay. up oh. to the point where it wouldn't play anymore. I mean, oh. the back of it was mangled. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, my parents wouldn't buy me another copy. <laughs> they were just like, well, just play something different. No. And they were like, yeah, well, whatever. And then, you know, the next year, Budokai 2 came out. And then yeah, completely changed So, <laughs> yeah, for me, that was my first PlayStation console was PS2. And then, man, for, for a while, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have... We had a PS3 in the house, but I mainly played Xbox 360 for most of that generation. I didn't actually play PS3 until the PS4 came out. 
I went back and played The Last of Us before it got remastered for PS4. And I played it on PS3 because everybody was telling me, like, this is a game you have to play. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I'll go play it. So I went and played it on PS3. But I pretty much missed the whole PS3 life cycle. Um, I remember the astronomical price because my stepdad went and bought one for my little brother. It was like, what, $5.99 or something? It was it was something obnoxious. Um, so that whole life cycle, I was on 360 as well. So um, when you had the Xbox and the Nintendo and then eventually the PS2, uh, where I had the Nintendo and the PS1, my friend across the street had the original Xbox and I had a PS2. Like I ended up saving up and buying a PS2 with birthday money or Christmas money or whatever um, and was able to play all those games in that life cycle. And then the next console that I got was a 360. And then I didn't get a PS3 until right before I got my PS4, just for remakes of PS2 games that meant a lot to me and uh, stuff like that. I mean, I just went to a pawn shop and bought one for like eighty dollars, <laughs> and so I was able to, you know, relive some of those memories in glorious 1080, almost HD, um, 1080i, I think was what it upscaled to. Yeah, now we got 4K and 8K and all this other stuff. It's crazy. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, speaking of the possible upscaling for 8K, that's ooh, PS5 specs and rumors. So PS3 launched, uh, 60 gig was 599. Good lord. Japan, November 11th, 2006, uh, North America, which was weird, right? So it, it came out originally November um, 6th in Japan, mm-hmm. November 17th in North America. Right. And then it didn't launch in, in Europe and Australia until the next year, which is crazy in March. That's almost, um, that's, I mean, that's almost, well, um, most Japanese titles and stuff. Yeah, most Japanese titles and stuff. Is take, it? I'd have to look at PS4. A, at least a month releases. or two, I think, to get over there. Um, well, yeah, but you're talking about November to March. That seems like a lot for them to want to... Because I feel like PS5 or PS4 launched universally at the same time, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, so PS3 kind of for me was a time where I really didn't play PlayStation at all. And I was a pretty much diehard Xbox fan. And I already said I had the original Xbox... Played that system a lot. Rest in peace, the Duke controller. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? If you ever just need a weapon, like, you just keep that on your shelf. Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a six-pound brick that you could... God. Like, I, I just... I don't understand what was going through Xbox's mind when they thought that was okay. And then you've got the PS2 out there with a the little bitty controller. That has the same, pretty much, controller that the PS4 has now. Yeah. Uh, now yeah. it's modernized. It's, it's changed. That design stayed for... So little, right? two two gaming cycles yeah um but yeah so then i went to so played 360 for a long time man and then uh ps4 and xbox one came out in 2013 and i was like man this is these things look crazy right and right yeah i got to play so ps4 launched at 399 xbox one launched at 499 and it came with the connect which was right everyone yeah right, that was everyone knows that no. was a terrible mistake yep. including xbox uh, and it was required it was required to use the connect on the they have since the stopped console. making yeah and i mean they learned that lesson you see them they don't even support the connect anymore they haven't released a connect game in probably what since 2015 if I had to guess, since the One S came out, or not the One S, uh, since they announced the Project X One and the One X, since uh, what was that Project Scorpio when it was first like? Yeah, that came out in 2016. So the um, the One S, I remember, didn't even have a Connect port on the back of it. You actually had to buy a Connect adapter from Xbox or from Microsoft, and it was cr- yeah. 
Yeah, mine. Yeah, my One S doesn't. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think it was something like seventy nine ninety nine or something like that. And then they stopped manufacturing them. Well, that's like when the 360 came out. I'm sure you remember the little Wi-Fi adapter for the 360 was a USB plug that plugged into the back of the console that was $100. And the PlayStation 3 yeah. was built in. Yeah. So that was, I think, Xbox's first big mistake. And that's why I think PlayStation has such a huge foothold right now. I mean, I read an article the other day that PlayStation has the is the highest-selling uh, game console ever, including, you know, like all the previous generations. Right, and, you know, like Nintendo and competitors and stuff like that, which is crazy. Yeah, so let's see if I can, I'll see if I can find that number later. But, yeah, they sold 159 million PlayStation 2s, best-selling console of all time. Um, and granted, I mean, we all know why. It was because it was the cheapest DVD player at the time. Oh, yeah. You know, they stopped making PlayStation 2 games recently, like recent. I think it was like last year that they finally stopped making PS2 games. And the series that we kept making games were it was like a, a soccer series. It was like FIFA or something. That's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, they, you know, with this console cycle, yeah. Xbox really kind of put their foot in their mouth with the whole all-in-one entertainment I mean, and, system you know, that is just going to watch you and listen to you twenty-four hours a day. You know, and it's and it's not just that they put their foot in their mouth. It's also that PlayStation took advantage of them putting their foot in their mouth because at E3 um, that year. PlayStation had, and I like to think about what it would have been like if PlayStation would have went first oh, instead of Xbox revealing their consoles. But um, Xbox came out and revealed that play or that Xbox One had the Kinect and that it was going to be the all-in-one media console that you'd be able to play your cable through it, all this stuff. And the big negative was that it was going to be four ninety nine and that you weren't going to be able to play. Right, yeah, it games. wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was their whole thing. Like, you had to buy a new yeah, game Yeah, so the problem was is they weren't, you weren't going to be able to just hand your friend your game and be like, hey, play this, um, because they were going to do something similar to what EA did um, with, I think it was Battlefield 3 was the first one they did it with. Yeah, it came with, like, an and access pass was, inside uh -huh. the game box. Yeah, And I think it was NCAA, like, 13 or 14. Um, right, yeah. It's, had did the same thing. Come on, um, where you and it was like ten dollars if on. you wanted to access it, and it was pre-owned. So, <laughs> as you can imagine, gamers were not very happy. Um, it's very anti-consumer, um, and I mean Xbox has done a complete one eighty uh, to that now. But and it's I think that's because they've had to to try to rebuild that brand. Um, and PlayStation, uh, PlayStation came out the next day and said, hey. You'll be able to borrow friends' games. You'll be able to play used games. This is a gaming console where gamers first, and and I mean, you know, it's worked for them. So oh, far. exactly. Yeah, that's that's actually what I was about to talk about. Was it, it it Xbox was moving their target audience from what seemed like families in general. Um, well, it's been a video game console for Lord knows how many years, uh, and then why why switch it up and think that yeah, sure, people that grew up with Xboxes now probably have families. Um, but why wouldn't they just want to play video games? Or why wouldn't why wouldn't they want to relax and, you know, lose in video games? <laughs> like Yeah, so I mean PS4 is sitting at one point or hundred and two point eight million console units sold um since it started selling in twenty thirteen. So I mean that's huge. Um and Xbox actually doesn't I don't think they actually release their numbers. Um so we kinda have to guess, but they think somewhere around 50 million, between 40 to 50 oh, million is what Absolutely. people think. Um, so that's huge, right? So 
PS4 comes out and is $100 cheaper, and you can play pre-owned games on it. So right away, everyone's thinking, I'm going to buy a PlayStation 4. Right. Um, oh, absolutely. And the consoles release, and you, you could not find a PS4 for months. They were sold out everywhere. And I remember specifically the camera. The camera was one of the hardest things to find. You would find a system before you would find the camera because people were just buying everything. For was it for PlayStation Move when they had the like the little wand? Thing? Yeah, so initially they had that weird little pre-installed game. And I don't know if it still comes on PS4s now. Um but you had like the little I don't even know what you would call them, the little little characters that like were supposedly living in your remote and you would move your remote around and it would like it was like an interactive game on your system. Oh, yeah. Geez. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. and everyone bought into it. And so the, all the cameras were sold out everywhere and the system just, you could not find them anywhere. And Xboxes were sitting on shelves. Nobody wanted them. Um, no, no. I mean, and nobody still wants them, honestly. <laughs> they're harder to sell. I mean, they don't, they sit right. Um, you know, I just right. saw a price drop on the Xbox one X to three fifty the other day and it's on Microsoft's website. So I think it might even be a permanent price drop. Um, and they, you know, they've got a clear stock. I know they got a clear stock getting ready for the next console, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, PlayStation really had a big leg up when they first started this, this current generation. And this is my favorite PlayStation console. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of people's favorite PlayStation console. I think it's going to be a lot of people's first PlayStation console. Yeah, I agree so far. Uh, it is, I'm the Xbox, uh, cause I got both and I got the PlayStation first, but um, I've spent probably quadruple the time on the PlayStation than I have on the Xbox. Same, and, and I have an Xbox too, and I hate to admit it, but the only reason I have it really is so that I can play Ultra HD Blu-rays, which we'll get into later. Um, but yeah, I mean, PS4 for me, you know, it wasn't like it had an amazing launch lineup. Um, I remember Knack, <laughs> yep. which lets no one talk about that game. I have a prediction for later. Um, Mac. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Mac 3 on the PS5. Is that what it is? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I really oh, do. Boy. I think Mac 3 is going to be a launch title for PS5. But So here's the launch lineup for when the PS4 came out. Let me pull it up. So we had... I'm not going to name off all of these because some of these were just... Uh, really small games but you had assassin's creed black flag right fifa 14 battlefield 4 just dance 2014 injustice gods among us ultimate edition lego marvel superheroes madden 25 nba 2k 14 and then the sony computer Inter- entertainment titles were flower kills on shadowfall knack Resogun, sound shapes escape plan and flow um, and then we had indie titles. It was contra- uh, Contrast, Compulsion Games, Pinball Arcade, Farsight Studios, Super Mother Load, which is made by X-Gen Studios. Uh-huh. And then we had Warframe, which is made by Digital Extremes, which is actually, at launch, was the only game I had two games. I had Battlefield 4, um, which I was addicted to for a very long time. And then I had Warframe. And I played Warframe nonstop for like, a year and a half. I was addicted to that game. Free. And really good. Warframe is still very supported. Um, so, I mean, you can join, start playing Warframe. It's free uh, at any time. 
and they constantly put out new things. Uh, so, like, anyone listening to this that wants to play a game that is free to play, first off, you should play Apex Legends. It's amazing. Oh, we'll get off that. We'll get off that. We'll talk about that later. I'm sure Apex will come up in <laughs> yep. our conversations. Um, but Warframe, if you want to play a hack and slash game that is deep and it's got a lot of systems, um, Warframe is one of the most complex games that's out there. There's so much to learn. You could play just that game and be plenty, uh, have plenty to do. Oh, right. Yeah. And I mean, it's a looter as well. It's, so you're there's stuff to grind for. There's that the repeatability and. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's so that kept me busy for that kept me busy for months. Um so and then I played uh Killzone Shadowfall. Did you ever play that one? I did not, but because I didn't get these consoles at launch, uh I actually got them months later, like maybe 6 or 7 months later. Um but the the two games that would have interested me in, in all of those launch titles was Killzone and uh Warframe. So Killzone was I think okay. Um, we'll talk about this eventually, but Kills on Shadowfall, same developer, Guerrilla Games, that made Horizon Zero Dawn. To this day, I still can't fathom that the same two teams made those games. <laughs> Killzone and Horizon, yeah. Um, it's dude, it's just it's so crazy how different they are. Um, and Shadowfall is not a bad game, um, but it's also not a game. It's just one of those games that you're not gonna remember. Right. Yeah, I I didn't remember it remember it until you brought it up in the listing the launch titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't do great. IGN gave it an eight out of ten. Metacritic is at a seventy three. Like you know, it as far as I'm concerned would be classified as a good game, right? Good, not great. Yeah, right. Yeah, good, not great. Great. I think I think the main thing that game had going for it was it was gorgeous. Um, and that is where I think gorillas. Uh, kind of their background kind of shines in horizon was they knew how to do graphics. Uh, they knew what the game needed. They knew what they needed to do to make the game look good. And, um, kill was, was gorgeous. So that's one of the re- main reasons why I played that game was how pretty. It was. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, then that, that just kind of displays the new hardware, you know, you're going to put out a game that can display that, that new hardware and that new it factor, um, over the old generation as to why you should probably buy it. And then you know that not every game is going to be, um, that level of quality, you know, there's going to be better games that come out over the life cycle of the, the console and the platform. Oh yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, launch lineups aside, the console did really well. Uh, I think the PS4 had a lot better UI at launch versus what the Xbox had. A lot of people hated the windows 10 style Xbox, um, home screen. It's changed a lot since then, but oh, I still don't like it. It's still not, it's like, um, I'm not a big fan of it either. It's not a very, it's not very intuitive. It's almost as bad as like the original Xbox 360 launch home screen, where you had like files and folders as a home screen. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the cross media bar. Um, what is what, which is what I think they called it on PS3. I don't know if they they call it now on PS4, but that's basically what it is. Um, I still think there's some some things the PS the PlayStation could do better on that front, but yeah. Now that we've kind of started rambling a little bit um <laughs> let's talk gonna about go anyway right <laughs> let's talk about our favorite playstation game or games if you can't narrow it down to one um this could be a game that you played recently it could be a game that you played years ago that maybe you have some nostalgia for um doesn't necessarily have to have any parameters other than when you think playstation you think this game um what game is that for you sure okay so mine is kingdom hearts 2 came out in six um and 
I didn't think that I was going to like it when it first came out. Uh, so I had I got Kingdom Hearts 1 on the PS2 uh, as a Christmas present. And I, th- I looked at it, and I was in like that formative years of, oh, this is Disney. It's not cool. Uh, and there's also these spiky-haired people, because I well, didn't follow Final Fantasy that much back then. Um, and so I, I played it a little bit. I ended up beating it. Um, Kingdom Hearts 1, but it was like a, I don't really have anything else to play. Let me just play it and beat it. And then Kingdom Hearts 2, when it was released, or not released, but announced at that, whatever, E3 that year, um, it just looked so much better. So I was like, okay, maybe I can be actually interested in this one. And then I didn't care nearly as much about what, how cool it was to have Disney in a video game that you were playing or like what, you're walking around with a key as a sword. Um, so... When I when I I dove that game, I dove into that game. Um, I played the crap out of it. I think I had three saves with like a hundred plus hours. And I, there's not that much stuff you can actually do ex- unless you're just kind of like grinding levels and going through different uh, like skill sets and stuff to see how the game plays out a little differently depending on what choices you make in the very beginning. Um, and uh, it was it was really fun, and it, it is still really fun. And that it's it's part of the reason why I bought a PlayStation Three because I didn't buy a PlayStation Three until right before PS Four came out. But that was when they were making those HD remakes of Kingdom Hearts One, Kingdom Hearts or One Point Five it was, and then Two Point Five, uh, the final mix editions that were coming to America for the first time, um, and glorious HD ish. Uh, but it was uh, when I replayed it on PS Three, I had the same feeling I had when I was. I don't know, 11, 12 years old when it came out. Um, and it was just as fun. I sat in front of the TV for like four days straight trying to 100% everything. And it was that game. With the, the There's exploration in it. There's uh, like RPG elements. Um, it's pretty linear in terms of story, but there are ways that you can like choose what path you kind of want to go to. So you'll get to the, the end of the same story, but you can choose, pick and choose which direction you want to go first. Um, and... The Kingdom Hearts 2 over Kingdom Hearts 1 just had a lot of customization. It had a lot of stuff to, like, optional objectives and secret things and uh, a lot of stuff that kept me busy when I was a teenager uh, outside of, I don't know, playing Halo with people across the street. Yeah, other normal teenager things. It's what kept me up at night most. What second was Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, so I don't have a lot of Kingdom Hearts background. Um, it's one of those games that I think I kind of missed the boat on. Um Unfortunately, I own all of them on PlayStation and I have the, I'll say this, I guess I'll put it out into the, into the ether, but I have the plan to go through and play them all. Um, it's like, it's like 500 hours of content. I just, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I respect it. It's one of those, those uh, gaming, those games that I just respect. I understand people love it. Um, I just, I hate, I kind of feel like, I feel like the kid that's not, in the in crowd with that game. Like I was not uh, privy privy to that game when it came out. And um, I'm a little jealous of the people that were able to, I really kind of wish there's a lot of games like that. I think that I missed out on um, that. I wish I would have been able to be a part of that conversation. So um, good pick. Thanks man. Um, yeah. So the, the part of the thing that really like dove, dug me into that game was uh, I had Kingdom Hearts 1 and my friend across the street, you know, I had a PS2, he had an Xbox. Um, he was like two years older than me. So as you know, a little kid mind, older, therefore cooler. Um, I didn't think it was too cool. And then he came over and he was like baffled by it and loved it. And then I was like, okay, maybe this game's worth a shot. And then 
you know, two came out, and that's that's where we are. Um, so what about you, man? What are you what are you thinking for your favorite PlayStation title or one of the few? Man, I think you already know it, but yeah, it's got to be Spider-Man PS4. Um, I'm so like, man, I'll fight anybody that says this game isn't one of the best games ever made. Um, I think it's hands down the best superhero game ever made. I know there's people that love the Arkham games, but I, I, the attention to detail of this game, the the city, the story, the characters, like it's just everything melds together so well. Um, and I wrote down a couple notes. Uh, for me, you know, the overarching story of I think kids becoming an adult or becoming adults growing up. You know, MJ multiple times throughout the game, throughout the game, she makes references to the fact that they're growing up and that they have a lot more responsibility now and that the pressure of the world is kind of placed on them. Oh yeah. It's a great coming of age like uh, theme. Yeah. And, and man, it, it just fits the Spider-Man universe so well. Um, I have my quarrels with the game, but you know, if I had to sit down and grade it, I'd probably give it like a nine and a half out of 10. Like it's that good. I think it's one of the games on PlayStation four that, if you have a PS4, you should play it. Like, regardless if you like um, superheroes, if you enjoy Marvel, you don't even have to be a Spider-Man fan. Um, the game is just one of the most fun games to play. Every time I turn it on and I start swinging through New York City, I feel like I am Peter Parker. I feel like I'm Spider-Man. And the game does such a good job of making you feel like you're in control of that character so well. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's very fluid. There are like no no loading screens uh, unless you're going in and out of missions. But yeah, and like the just just like I said, just the mechanics. That that's the one thing. If you're gonna build a superhero game, Go you ahead. need to make sure whatever the power they have is plays very well. Now, when I played it, I love the game. It's a fantastic game, uh, and I know where they came from on like the idea and how they wanted to set up the world because it was it feels like a much better updated version of Spider-Man 2. Um, because that game, you had somewhat uh, similar plot. You didn't have all the extra characters. You had you had several villains throughout it. But the on for a PlayStation 2 game to, and a Spider-Man game at that, you know, on PlayStation 2, um, it feels almost like turning the page to go into Spider-Man uh, PS4. So that, I mean, that uh, is great. They did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I just it, this is one of those games, man. Every time I play it, like I see little details in the world, and I just think like someone had to touch every single corner of this game. Like not a single part of the game is it's all masterclass, right? Every little nook and cranny, everything that's sitting right, on a yeah. shelf. There's not a lot of like filler models that are like placed off in a background somewhere because you can go touch them. You can go out there to them. Exactly. You don't see repeats of um, models and things like that and for me that makes the game that more that much more um, enveloping right so you know and I'm not going to ruin it for for people I don't want to spoil it I don't want to kind of I want to kind of stay spoiler free on it Um, but it has a great story a great comic book story some really good characters I think it retells some cool stories and it stays true to some of the stories that I think Spider-Man fans and just comic fans in general would have wanted would have wanted to see them stay true to. Um, and they did take some liberties with some other things. Um, but man, it is it is so good, 
so so good uh for me the only quarrels i have with it is some of the combat is a little repetitive some of the enemies are just not fun to fight against so uh but the but the game itself when you're not in combat feels amazing and when you're running around and you're just completing your, your side quest or yep. Yep. Uh, there's quite a few collect-a-thon style kind of uh, things in the game uh, you really get a sense for how big the map actually is um, and I remember playing maybe it was original spider-man on Xbox um, you'd have to tell me if I'm wrong I might have been playing the same one you played I remember specifically there was a practice mm-hmm. mode you could go into and it looked almost like the matrix like it didn't actually have any detail on anything but it would have you know structures where you could climb and swing and like practice on i think it was the first spider-man i'd have to go back and look but but the one thing i do remember about it is that you could not land on the ground um right yeah that sounds like the first spider yeah so this one this one actually showed the ground but you couldn't land on it right so you had to stay on the rooftops and so you know this game just nails it like you can walk around on on the on the streets and not feel like it still feels like they want you to play the game there right the game doesn't tell you where to play if that makes sense like it's okay with you walking around it's okay with you swinging everywhere you want to go you can walk up the side of buildings everything and it feels so so smooth um but yeah i I love that game And, and if you haven't played that game you're doing yourself a disservice you should go play it it's super cheap now. You can find it between like twenty to forty dollars. Get the game of the year version so you get the season pass with it. Um, yeah, I think and I, I think that's that's another thing too is um, so for me, I still have to go through and play the DLCs, and I'm kind of hesitant because of how good I feel like that game ended. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to spoil it with the DLCs, but I think I have to just for the next game. And I'll make a prediction now. Um, we're going to have a Spider-Man 2 announcement this year for PS5, and it will release, uh, I'm going to say March 2021. I'm a, I think it's going to be in the launch window. I think it's within the first 12 months. I think that's going to be a game. So the first console, or the first Spider-Man sold a lot of consoles, and I think PlayStation wants to do that again, right? Um, and they know if they get Spider-Man out, I would not be surprised to see it be alongside um, maybe the next movie, whatever Marvel's going to do with Tom Holland, and um, just taking advantage of that that hype train that is Marvel. Absolutely, but I think they want to take advantage of the mindshare, right? That everyone just wants, you know, it's like when you go see a good movie or you play a good game. Like, I've been playing Spider-Man, and, and I've been reading um, more of the Spider-Man comics. I've already read a lot of them, but I've been going through and reading, rereading some and reading new ones. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to keep rambling. The game is really, really good. You should go play it. Like I said, um, you can get the season pass with it for like between 30 to $40. It's going to be on sale. It's such a steal. And the fact that rolling over into our next topic, the PS five, um, the fact that Spider-Man is supposed to be on the PlayStation 5, you're supposed to be able to play, that uh, Sony's came out and even said and demoed the load times for Spider-Man on PlayStation 5 um, is going to be nothing. And we know it's going to be based, that that's purely going to come from the fact that the PS5 is going to be is going to have a solid-state hard drive, which for those of you that maybe aren't as techie or just don't know what it is, uh, traditional hard drives 
are a mechanical hard drive that spins. Um, that's why you can usually hear your system rev up whenever you load a game or something like that. Usually it's your fan spinning up and the hard drive spinning up. Um, solid state drives will do two things. It's going to make the system quieter. And it's also going to make the system much faster because there's no moving parts. It also makes them last longer. So you're going to be less likely to have a, a memory failure, storage failure, or something like that. Which you, you can pop one in your current PlayStation 4 if you wanted to, and it's going to drastically increase your load times or decrease your load times, increase your performance. Right, right. And they are now relatively cheap. So, I mean, if you guys want to... Um you can buy one. I mean, you can go to terabyte, terabyte one. And it's not it's not a hard process either. So, um, but yeah, so we'll hop into PlayStation 5. So this next part is going to be all about PS5 speculation. Uh, price, launch lineup, features, what we think is going to be like, how do we think Xbox is going to do fairing them at launch. Um, and keep in mind, all this stuff is speculation. Some of this stuff has been confirmed by PlayStation. Some of it is still just rumors. Um so let's go through, let me pull this up real quick. I'm going to go through the stuff that's mostly been confirmed by Sony. Um, and then we can go through kind of what we think. Uh, let's go through what we know first and get that out. And then and then you guys can listen to our thoughts and ramblings about whatever we off topic ourselves into. Yeah, so PS5, number one. PS5 is going to be backwards compatible. Uh, yes, Sony's already came out and admitted that it may not be completely backwards compatible at launch, but they are definitely shooting for 100% compatibility. Um, and and the cool thing is, it's not just digital PS4 games; it's also physical PS4 games. So you people that like to buy physical games, you'll still be able to use your PS4 Echo. games, and hopefully, um, PS3 will also be um, backwards compatible. They haven't announced it yet, but I'm assuming. If they're trying to compete with Xbox, they're going to try to go all the way back um, and make those all right, compatible. Yeah. Now, the one thing that does do is that increases the price of the console. Um, that makes the console more expensive, just more expensive to manufacture, um, which we'll get to in a second as far as what we think price might be. Um, but for the next thing, so we're pretty sure that the PS4 controllers are gonna work on ps5 um there's a lot of people saying that they probably will um along with the move controllers for the vr yeah, well they're, yeah they're bluetooth controllers, so, so like yeah so but yeah so i remember when the ps3 came out you're able to or when the ps4 came out you were able to use your dualshock 4 on the ps3 um i don't think it was at launch but shortly thereafter um, there's a couple buttons that don't work the same way but you're able to still use them and I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and said that. Because I think, as we've already talked about off-show, is that the PS5 controller is going to be very similar to the PS4 controller, I think, with some extra benefits. And we'll talk about that in a bit later. Um, they have already said that the PS uh, the PSVR will be compatible with PS5. So the current PlayStation 4 uh, headset for virtual reality will work on your PlayStation 5. They did not comment on if they're going to make a new one. I can promise you they will. Um it sold well. It's the best-selling uh, VR headset out of all VR headsets. Um, it's not the best VR headset, but it's the best-selling VR headset. Um, right. It's it's priced pretty competitively, too, for it, right? Like, it's not... Yeah, it's super, super cheap. I mean, you can pick up the headsets used for less than $150 now. Um, yeah, and that's insane. Yeah, so as long as you've got a PlayStation already, you already have everything else. You need a camera, and you can get to play in. 
Um, here's the big one for me and the reason why I'll be selling my Xbox whenever PlayStation 5 gets announced. Uh, it's going to support Ultra HD Blu-rays. So it'll play 4K um, Blu-rays. Oh, yeah. Which, for some insane reason, I can't seem to fathom why. The PlayStation 4 Pro cannot. Um, so that's going to be huge, being able to play that stuff. I know for a lot of people that's probably not going to matter, but for me, that's a big one. Um, it's just one less thing to be in the entertainment center as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, it's one less thing taking up space, really. Yeah, exactly. So I have I have my Xbox solely for Halo. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and you know, and I'm sure Xbox. Uh, this is an Xbox podcast, but I still pay attention to Xbox. Um, they've got a lot of stuff going on too, um, with a lot of new studios that they've acquired over the last year. They have a big studio called The Initiative that is working on something that we don't know. And I'm assuming it's a first-party exclusive game. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be a game that they want to make a console seller. So we'll see. But um, as of right now, um, you know, uh, their plans are both kind of just all up for speculation as far as games go. Um, So. Oh, yeah. 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 So the. Back into the PS5 controllers, though. How that's. PlayStation 5 controller, for me, I think is going to look very much like the PS4 controller. I do, however, think that they are going to add two buttons onto the back of the controller that are, that are going to be mappable. Um, they've recently, in January, they released a, a two-button attachment for the back of the PlayStation 4 controller. And I think the reason that they've done this is because it will make them forward compatible with the PlayStation 5. Um, you'll be able to use all the functionality that the PS5 will have using that button attachment. Um, it also works great for people like us that like to play Apex Legends or Call of Duty or any of those kind of games because um, it gives you two extra buttons that you can map to do whatever you want with. Um, but I think that is Sony's reasoning, or at least the reason why they're doing oh, yeah. it now. Um, is to get that attachment out so that when the system comes out, if you have a PS4 controller, you can just buy one of these attachments and uh, continue to use your PS4 controller on the PlayStation 5. What do you think? Right. Well, they just came out with that whole like two-button thing attachment for the PS4. plugs into the, the bottom of the... Yeah, they just... I mean, it was literally like two weeks ago. So that, I mean, it would just make sense. Yeah, it would just make sense to have that be a feature on the, the PS5 controller. There's a lot of a uh, lot of as we were talking about before the show. There's a lot of speculation on like the PlayStation controller having some kind of OLED screen in the center of the controller. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Don't think PlayStation is going to get rid of the touchpad. Um, I think they like it. Not that they use it a lot because they don't, but I don't think they're going to get rid of it. Um, the one thing that has me thinking that we might get an OLED screen on the controller is that the button attachment actually has an OLED screen on it already. Um, now, the only thing it does is it just shows what the buttons are currently mapped to. So, like, it has a little screen on the back of it. And right, right. It has, like, you know, it'll show, like, a square next to the left button if the left button is mapped to square. So that might be something we get. Um, something like that. I don't think, you know, like you said, I don't think we're going to get an entire screen uh, that is going to be just like 
kind of almost like a DS or like a Wii U where it's like a second screen. I don't think we're going to get that. And then what would happen if, you know, you were to drop the controller because some people drop their controllers some people get mad and throw them. Um, what happens to the functionality of the controller if that screen breaks or if you can't use it? I mean, not a, just that. I'm thinking of price. I mean, is a controller going to be eighty nine ninety nine? Right. Like, I don't think you can increase the price of the controller. Like no, not like is. a base controller. Oh. No. I mean, what they're like sixty dollars right now, new for the the DualShock fours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're sixty dollars new and for the, sixty five if you get any of the colors they have. I mean, if it's an OLED screen on the front where the touchpad is, uh, or under the touchpad, if the eighty ninety dollar thing, you might as well buy a scuff or some uh, competitive controller. Yeah, I agree. So moving on next to like one of the other things they've confirmed is they've talked about 8K. Um, the fact that the PlayStation 5 is going to support 8K. I can go ahead and tell you right now, you're not going to be playing games in 8K. It's not going to happen. Um, so one 8K, of the and it's and it's going to be upscaling. It's not even going to be true 8K at least at launch. Yeah, guaranteed. So and developers are not going to develop games for 8K. Like they're just not going to because another hardware. We're not going to see 8K. Just we're not. Um, if we see it, it's going to be similar to like we see now with the PlayStation 4 Pro where you can play maybe 8K 30 frames a second. Right. But yeah, I no, still I don't, I don't to this day don't even believe that you're going to be playing games in 8K. I think what they're saying is when the 8K TVs come out, you'll be able to watch H- like 8K uh, media. I don't think you're going to be able to play games in 8K. Yes. Their, their, the goal, I guess, is is to make sure everything runs smoothly 4K60 and have that be kind of like a lock, you know, top or bottom end. For- they might try to do some fancy, like, upscaling thing, like you said. Um, hey, look, if they can get if they can get games running 4K60, I'll be very happy. I don't think every game is going to run 4K60. Uh, no, And the reason why I say that is when the PlayStation 4 launched and the Xbox One launched. Leading up to those launches, the buzzwords, and this is what they are, these are buzzwords, was that the games that the PS4 and the Xbox One was going to run games at 1080 at 60 frames a second, um, and we didn't get that when the original Xbox launched. We didn't even get games at 1080. We were getting games at like 900p. You know, the original like Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and stuff wasn't even running at 1080. Right. Yeah. Um. So I don't think we're going to get 4K 60. I think we'll get 4K 60 on some games, mm-hmm. but I think we're much more likely to get. Uh, 4K 30 to 60 kind of in between. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of that 2160. We'll I see hope, like 2K I hope that 60. We don't have games that are locked I don't at 30 think we're going to see for resolution uh, sake. I hope that we 60, can at least not for, have a, a selector to be able to like if it's if it's rendered at 4K and it has issues running from 30 60 and you're dropping frames in and out. If you can just set it at hard 1080p and then have that smoother frame rate, that would do a lot more um, in terms of. Yeah, I agree. Of a lot of games. So real quick, we'll go over just some of the other confirmed hardware stuff. We've already said that we're going to get an SSD. Um, they've already came out and said that that is a thing. They've showed it off a little bit. Um, they're silly if they don't increase it to a terabyte at launch. I think it has to be a terabyte SSD. They can't come out and say that it's like a 512 gig SSD. Um, I think it has to be a terabyte. can't be any smaller than that. I right, actually as, think as, they should be two terabytes. <laughs> Yeah, they should, because at this point, as much as they're pushing the whole digital media that you have on your console, um, you're going to face in, in a week, uh, basically. Yeah, you've got games like uh, Red Dead 2 that take up over 100 gigs. Yeah, that's that's 20% of your you know, factory-sized hard drive. Yeah, and what do you think is going to happen when games go to all the textures are in 4K? Like, they're just going to take up more space. 
Yeah, it's just going to go even more. Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, supposedly, the controller is going to be heavier with better battery life, support haptic feedback, and have adaptive triggers with variable resistance. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see. Um, I like the variable resistance. I like the variable resistance. I don't like the adaptive triggers because like I didn't like that on scuff. the Xbox when they did that. Um, and apparently, it's going to have a better speaker. Um uh, you just I drop one in the toilet. I don't know. Whatever. However, things break. <laughs> um, being able to use a controller as a, an optional microphone would, would be great because it's going to be in your hands. It's going to be far across the room from you, which is another thing that is barely ever used. Now, if they could make that speaker uh, out of the, if they could put like a microphone in the controller instead of it just being an only out, you could like speak in. That could have some functionality in case like your cat chews through your headphone burger. <laughs> so and then we've already this is really getting to the nitty-gritty but amd is making the processor and the gpu for playstation they also made it for the playstation 4 um i won't get too too crazy with it but it's basically going to have an eight core cpu which is for those of you that aren't tech savvy that's pretty good like eight cores is pretty awesome as far as computing power goes um i think what's going to come down to it is the the cooling system and the way they cool that chipset is going to come to, or is going to, what's going to hinder them as far as like how much they can get out of it. Yeah. Right. Right. And well, for a, a consumer, like quality thing, fans are really the big thing that um, they can do. I mean, they're not going to water cool every PS5 <laughs> that comes through. Um, and oh yeah. That no. would... and, and the thing is, um, I mean, you could see them do something similar to what the Xbox one X did um, with the vapor uh, cooling chamber. Um, but you know, every time you do something right. like that, it's going yeah. to increase price. But I do think the thermals on the PlayStation Five is going to be something that's going to could potentially um, be an issue. Right, and well, it just depends on what the final design of the thing is. I mean, there we we have a dev kit that we've seen leaked. We don't have, there hasn't been a an actual uh, confirmed picture of a PlayStation Five yet. We don't know what it'll look like. So here's my predictions. Right. Sure. <clears throat> I think we're going to get a PS5 announcement in the next four weeks. Um, I think in February is when they're going to announce the PlayStation 5 event. Uh, early February, they're going to announce an event. And then by late February, they're going to actually have already had it. Showed what the console looked like. Um, and I think that you're going to get maybe some gameplay of a game that's already out. Maybe like Spider-Man or something. Um, mm. And I think they announced the price. Um, I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, just have like a console announcing. So they they've already came out and said they're not going to be at E three, um, and they yep. weren't at E three last year. So I think that's yep. going to be just an ongoing thing for them. I think they're going to try to get out in front of Xbox and go ahead and because I do think the PlayStation Five is going to be cheaper than the Xbox. Um, yeah, that and that's been the trend for the, well, that was the trend in the last generation as well. The yeah, so the one thing the will be a little weird is that the Xbox is going to have multiple SKUs. So um, Xbox Series X, what a great name. Um, they, they really thought It's going to be the most one. expensive console. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Phil Spencer, if you're listening to this, I don't know what you were thinking, but it's not a very good name. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, what are you doing listening to a PlayStation podcast? Go back to work. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, so. Xbox has got an interesting kind of thing going with their all digital console. You know, they got the Series X, so they're going to have right. consoles yep. at both price points. But um, 
I think PlayStation is still going to come in cheaper. I think PlayStation is going to be where people are going to go because it's the it's going to be like the Goldilocks system. It's going to be the best price for the best performance out of the consoles that are going to come out this year. Um, oh, absolutely. And every every time you have a console launch, you have more people that are getting into video games for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, what a they're not going to want to sit there and look at something that's yeah, you know, almost a thousand dollars or you know, on the upper end of five hundred dollars and think oh maybe i'll like this and then spend that kind of money on it that's not a lot of people have that to just throw around so so here's my prediction right the playstation 5 is going to be expensive you can't do ssd eight core cpu and all this stuff without it being expensive and we didn't even talk about Mm -hmm. ray tracing that's the big huge thing you know ray tracing is all going to be a the is going to be the rage in this next console generation and for those of you that don't know what ray tracing is Simply put, ray tracing is just a a new way to do lighting mm-hmm. in games. Um, it's more of a realistic lighting technique. If you haven't looked up any ray tracing games, look up Minecraft in ray tra- with ray tracing enhanced on uh, PC. It will blow oh, yeah. your mind. It's dirty. Um, <laughs> yeah, just pause yeah. the episode, go watch that, and come back. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But ray tracing is going to be big on the next gen consoles. That's also going to increase the price. So here's my my price points and. I'm going to write this down because I kind of want to know uh, if we end up how close we we end up getting to it. So I think PS five comes in at four 99 uh, with a one terabyte SSD, uh, one controller, HDMI power cable, all that stuff. Um, Like a launch. I think the Xbox is going to come in. I said, and with like a launch game, you can't just, you can't just buy a new console without having the game come with it. Or at least something to play. Well, yeah. Well, they're not going to have a game come with it though. It's, it's okay. just going to be the console. There's okay, not going to so be a game your in bottom, the box. Bottom line. Yeah. They're more, they didn't do that with the PS4 okay. um, or the PS3. So like they've never included a game Jesus. to my knowledge, at least okay. on the PS1 or PS2, they never never included a game with the console. Um, okay. So I think 499, um, and I think the Xbox is going to be, uh, this is going to be crazy. I think the Xbox is going to be five ninety nine. Okay. Um, and the reason I say that is because the Xbox One X already released at four ninety nine, and I don't think for the the power that they're saying they're going to have in that console, they're going to be able to do it for four ninety nine. So I think five ninety nine for the Xbox. So the PlayStation is going to be a hundred dollars cheaper than the than the Xbox. And I think the cheaper Xbox One is probably going to be somewhere around three fifty uh, to four hundred. So, Ooh, I hope so, as far as price goes, I think that's where we're at. Um, I think for launch titles for PS Five, and this is going to be the one they're going to announce at uh, the launch event. I think in February is Horizon Zero Dawn Two. Um, the reason why I say that game specifically is not just because I want another Horizon, because that game is very good. If you haven't played it, you should. If you've played Horizon, you want another Horizon. <laughs> um, but specifically because Guerrilla Games, who makes Horizon Zero Dawn, was one of the studios that released a launch title when PS4 came out initially, and that was Killzone Shadowfall. So I think because they were already a launch lineup uh, studio, and the fact that Horizon Zero Dawn's been out for, uh, what, three years now? Um, I think we're yep. due another horizon game. And I think it would be a great game to put on PS five to show the graphical, uh, prowess and the ray tracing and all that stuff. Like, I just think that game would really take advantage of it. Um, and we're going to get the other stuff too. We're going to get the Maddens and the call of duties. Um, I do think we're going to get an act three. Like I said earlier, I think we're going to get an act three. 
yeah. But um, got to have younger audiences. They've got to have something for the younger audience, right? They can't just have Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. So they're not their target audience is not specifically people from the ages of like sixteen to twenty five or thirty or you know it's yeah. Um. So I think we get Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that's the big game that everyone has to go buy it for. Um, and then you're going to have some smaller stuff that we yeah. just don't know about yet. Um, so I think about you? I have the same kind of logic with your pricing, uh, where it's going to be a price is what the Xbox One X um, launched at, what, $499. Um, but then I really hope and I really want them to have like a, a special edition or have, have one version of the, the launch that comes with a game in it. Um because I don't want it to just be like, all right, I paid five hundred dollars for this console, or I paid five hundred fifty dollars for this console, and I don't have anything to play yet. I gotta go pay sixty more dollars. Um, and I, th- I do think that the Xbox is gonna be about a hundred dollars, maybe a hundred and fifty dollars more. Um, because that thing looks like a PC, and yeah, it really does. It is a, a square tower. Um, and with all that they're claiming that it can do, and that all that they want it to do, it's gonna be hard to stay competitive price wise. Uh with that much advancement in technology. Uh, and now for launch games, I am super excited for Godfall. Godfall is the, it's, it's, it's been announced for the PS5 as a launch title. Um, and it's by Gearbox. And Gearbox is the publishing, uh, the publishers that did Borderlands. And if you've ever played any Borderlands game, one, two, three, and we're not going to count the pre-sequel, uh, once you start playing those games, you don't stop playing those games. Um, I still play Borderlands 2 every now and then. We have Borderlands 3 that came out last year. Um, but Godfall is that kind of looter hackem game, kind of like Warframe. Um, at least that's what that's what they've speculated it kind of toward. That's actually what I was going to. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now, and uh, yeah, it's supposed to look. It, it looks similar to Warframe, but it's got a bunch of like the HDR and like the ray tracing kind of stuff that's going to come through with with the uh, new technical limitations that the console will bring. And uh, I feel like that would that would be a solid one to have as a a limited edition or a special edition console release at launch of the console. So for mine as well, four ninety nine, uh, maybe five fifty for the one with the game in it. Um, or if if it's like drastically different, the box, the the console itself is super limited edition, uh, six hundred, and then Xbox starting at six hundred, and then if they kind of do anything tearing up from that, um, six fifty, seven hundred dollars, which is a lot for a console. It is a lot, but here's the thing though, I think that we're seeing a change in the way they're selling consoles now. Oh yeah, absolutely. The fact that everything's going to be backwards compatible, I think is going to make it so that people don't yeah. have to go buy a console oh, yeah. day one. Um, and what that does, I think is that allows PlayStation and Xbox to charge a bit more because the people that are going to go buy it are people that probably have disposable income or have been saving and for it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're not as worried about the price. They just want to get the new the new tech. So and they're I think also that's they also don't seem to be competing me, with just each why. other anymore. I know I know like on paper and on on their advertisements and stuff, it does seem like they're they're directly comparing each other almost. Um, but it it feels like they're competing also with PC and because you could create your own PC and pay as much money as you want with whatever hardware you want to put into it and make it a super machine. Um, but to make that a commercial product to sell out to a bunch of people, it seems like they're inching toward that goal. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if you see a lot of people saying when they first come out that, oh, you could just build a PC, like you could just build a PC, but. Right. Yeah. If you're spending this much money or getting these specs, why not just build a PC? But the problem I think is going to be exclusives. 
Um, people want to play these games, these new games when they come out, like the Horizon Zero Dawns, the Spider-Man 2s, whatever they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what keeps them on the console. Um, and, you know, we're running a bit long, but, you know, next episode I think we can probably take a look at some of the streaming services and talk about kind of what PlayStation's got going on with PlayStation Now versus what Xbox has got going on for Game Pass because I think those two services are very indicative of what is going to be the future of gaming in the next five to ten years and kind of what is going to be what keeps these new consoles going for a long, uh, a very long time. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. That those are, and I have opinions about both of those things. So. I've had fun. We had a really good conversation. I think uh, for our first episode, we covered a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, and we'll get better. We'll get better with time. Who knows? You <laughs> know? Yeah, yeah, a lot better. And you know, and I apologize for people listening. <laughs> uh, episode you know, one. We're gonna interrupt each other. We're gonna talk over each other <laughs> as we kind of fill this out and you know figure out how best to um, address some of the topics and stuff like that. So bear with us. Uh, we will get better over time, we promise. But uh, so with that, um, Jason, I think we'll start to wrap it up um, unless you have any last uh, last minute stuff on the PlayStation. When do you think it's going to get announced? Oh, yeah. uh, the PlayStation itself is going to get announced. Spring, um, early spring, mid-spring. I don't know. I think I think conference sometime around April uh, to, to really sell that holiday uh, line. Because E3 happens in June, so... Um, you don't want to, you don't want to throw everything out, you know, right at the beginning of the year. You kind of want to, oh, we'll tease it and boom, uh, mid April, early May, I guess. And then E3 comes, falls that right back up with E3. Uh, cause at that point, most presentations for E3 will be finalized. Um, and they won't, not as many people are going to have to, or not companies at least won't have as much time to react to them. Uh, and then E3 is going to come along and then this holiday we'll be able to play it ourselves. I'm excited, man. There's a lot of stuff coming out for games this year, man. A lot of if you're a gamer, this is a really good time to be alive. Um, at some point, we'll talk about. Oh yeah, every time is a good time to be alive, but specifically for gamers. <laughs> at some at some time at, at some point, we will talk about what uh you know what games we're most anticipating uh, for this year. I'm sure. Um, so yeah. I mean, I had a great time. This is a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, what about you? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, kind of settled in. I was able to, to, to really feel it. And uh, it's going to be something that I hope we do for a while. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of that, so we're shooting for a bi-weekly podcast. So we're shooting for every two weeks. Um, I want to stay pretty strict to that schedule, so that kind of keeps us um, on top of things. So... I'm thinking we record on Sundays and we release uh, either late Sunday or early Monday. I'm not going to nail it down to like a time specifically yet, but I would like to have it out by Monday. Um, that way the listeners know when to check their feeds. Um, and, right. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. This is something that I've always wanted to do, and the fact that we're actually doing it is, uh, is very, very cool. Um, so – if you guys are listening to this right now, you're probably listening to it. If you're listening to this at launch, you're probably either listening to it through Anchor or through Spotify. Um, yes, we're currently on Spotify. It will take probably a week or two, but we will eventually be on most of all of the other podcast services. Um, we are in the in the process of setting up some socials and an email 
So um, I won't have it this episode, but next episode I'm going to have an email address to where if you listen on a specific uh, app or something and you don't have our show, then I will try to see if I can get it added to it. Um, or you can tweet at us once I get the Twitter set up. Um, but other than that, yeah, please leave us a review if you're listening on, on uh, Anchor or Spotify. I think on Anchor it's actually a favorite. But, uh, yeah, any all that stuff helps. Uh, reviews, uh, favorites all push us to the top of the algorithm and helps us find new listeners. So, and if and, hey, word of mouth too. If, if you like PlayStation and you have friends that like PlayStation – Share the podcast with them. We're just two regular guys that really enjoy video games and want to be able to interact with people that also enjoy video games. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for going with us, uh, if you're still here. <laughs> um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah, let's shoot for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, an that. hour and 18 minutes later. So we're called the Power Hour, but, uh, but we're going to probably blow that every time, um, but not by much. So we're, we're still it's coming cool. in. It's our gimmick. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? That's our gimmick. So uh, we really appreciate it, guys. We look forward to uh, speaking with you, with you again within the next two weeks. So in the, in the meantime, you guys have a great one. We'll talk to you all soon. Oh, yeah. See you all later.